Hi, this is Diva Cerebration, and today back with another podcast because of what's going on, not just in the news, but in the country, that is also going to affect not just our country, but the worldwide market, which is the debt ceiling. And also just some other things that are being brought up in these talks, which I've watched some of the um, elected candidates, you know, you breathe through and you see uh, C-SPAN or you see it on the news or different elected officials are posting what they're saying on the floor of, you know, the House or the Senate or whatever. And they are, you know, showing what they're fighting for because that's really what they should be doing is letting us know what they're doing, what they're fighting for for us as their constituents who voted for them, who basically hired them, who was basically paying them to do a job for us. I think people forget this on so many levels. Our tax dollars, both past and present, pay for these people and they give them a pretty good salary, like they all make upwards to $200,000 a year to do this job for us that we voted them into. So, yeah, we pay them a lot of money out of our pockets, out of our tax dollars to do that job. Uh, you know, presidents get paid, you know, what is it, three hundred, four hundred thousand a year? I can't remember what the salary for them is. And... Even after they retire, they continue to get that salary every year. Even if they're only president for one term. They continue to get that salary until they die. So we're not only just paying them for the four years they're in office, but we're paying them for the rest of their life. Now, I don't think that applies to elected officials, but I could be wrong. I might find out that I'm wrong there, but I don't think it does. So people get paid pretty well, even on the local to the national level. They all get paid well to do their jobs. And, you know, it's not just when they're in Washington that they're working. They have to work all the time. And yes, it takes over their lives for the time that they are in office. Some of them are in office for years and years and years because they get reelected. So they do a lot. But one thing I'm noticing here in the past several years is that a lot of them are not doing as much as they should for their own constituents. They are doing it more for the top 0.1%, top 5%, top 1%. You know, they're doing things for the wealthy far more than they're doing things for us. And this would be on the Republican side. I don't see that as much on the Democratic side, but it does happen. Um, a lot of them who are going into re-election, sometimes, you know, they will take packs from companies. And you have to watch that when you are electing or when you are voting for someone. You should not only look at where they stand on the issues, but you should also look where are they getting their money from. Who's paying for their campaign? Who gives them money along the way? What sort of issues are they, vote- are they voting for? Are they voting positively for the people who give them the money, right? Like, are they basically getting paid to take care of these people once they're elected? 
if they give them millions of dollars for their election to for their campaigns you know who are they voting for once they get in office are they being bought by these people because they have put them in office you see that a lot more with republicans it's very obvious what they're doing they get paid by you know the gun gun association uh, they get paid by, you know, big corporations like Walmart, the Koch brothers, uh, Amazon with, what's his name? I can't think of his name. And, you know, different corporations, Apple, whoever, you know, whoever is giving money to those campaigns, you know, they're like anyone else. When you get that kind of money from someone, you're probably going to naturally feel that you have to help them in the future because they just gave you all that money to help you get elected, right? So they feel beholden. Like if someone, if I borrow money from somebody or somebody helps me, I'm going to feel beholden to them until I'm able to pay them back, right? So, uh, yeah, we have to think about that. But the other thing that I've noticed is that a lot of the Republicans, mostly Republicans, I don't, I've not heard this from any Democrats, but again, there could be some out there I haven't heard, um, that they are, the Republicans are more apt to want to cut help to the majority of their constituents. That means anyone who's under the top 5% wealth in this country. Well, because, you know, you're not giving them money, are you? Right? Uh, There have been campaigns that have been run with people's donations, you know, American people's donations, like Bernie Sanders ran his campaign on that. Uh, I think AOC, uh, Ocasio-Cortez, I think she got, you know, money from just general people to run their campaigns, to get them in office. So, um... I really think it should be outlawed that big corporations are allowed to give money for these people's campaigns, but, you know, then they probably wouldn't get seen as much because they couldn't afford the advertising dollars. But then it would also mean that the American people would just donate their $1 to $5, and whoever, you know, uh, got the most money is probably who the people like the most, right? Even if they're crazy orange mobsters. (laughs) who are begging for money and basically that's the other thing you see in these campaigns and it's really been brought out with the ex ex uh, insurrectionist president that uh they basically he is going off and he's spending money on personal matters on lawyers to defend him etc and he's taking these one to five dollars or whatever he's getting from his you know base his mega base and he's spending that money to on personal things, on lawyers to defend him when he's raping people and he's being accused of rape. So you have to really watch that. But the biggest thing I noticed today was, and I thought about this today, is that if our constituents actually did what they were supposed to do, rather than like the Republicans who are holding up the debt ceiling because they're using this as theatrics to get attention for their party, the Republican Party, and for their candidates, and trying to make themselves look better. You know, it's always theatrics. It doesn't mean they're better. You really have to study each individual candidate to know whether they're better or not. 
And that's the problem with American people. They don't want to do the homework that it takes to, um, uh, uh, to study each candidate that they're voting for to make sure they're voting for good people. They just go willy-nilly and vote for people, I think, most of the time. And they listen to what they're hearing on Facebook or social media or on TV and commercials, and they don't really check if everything these people are saying is true. So so a lot of these constituents, uh, Republicans' constituents, are not really doing things for the American people. And if we really had our voted officials doing stuff for all of Americans, there would be no problems in this country. I'm not, maybe not none, but there would be very few problems in this country. If everyone was given housing, whether they were, you know, out of work or not, but basic housing was provided for everyone. And we're not talking crummy, rat-infested slums. No. We're talking if everyone was given basic housing, it was taken care of, it was clean, everything was taken care of in those facilities. If that was just a requirement, like your house, it would be a requirement for the government to help you upkeep it. To make sure that water is running right. Make sure the electricity is running. Make sure you have air conditioning. Now, extras, you would be responsible for. But basics, basic heat, air conditioning, because now with climate change, everything's getting so hot. Water, um, you know, just electricity, just to keep things running. Um, If everyone was given solar panels to put on their house and switch over from oil and gas and whatever, you know, whatever, uh, other than, uh, uh, solar and wind, if we were given, if everyone in the country was given solar panels and windmills on their house to provide power for the house, we would no longer need oil, gas, whatever, right? We could power our own homes. And if we were even on the grid, even if it was all connected somehow, each individual house would still be able to power themselves. If we had some sort of a switch on each house that went off whenever there was a power surge or any kind of changes or, or you know, people could just run, you know, on their own. And then any extra goes out into the grid. Imagine that each individual house, you know, just running on their own. And then if something goes down somewhere and a few houses go out, then you only have to deal with those houses that go out or that section of the country that goes out. And then that takes us out of the realm of, you know, they've been talking here lately about China and and Korea, the North Korea and Russia trying to target our power grid system. Well, they wouldn't be able to do that if every house had solar panels and every house had a windmill and we had a battery backup to those because they would have to take out every house and every building in the whole country for that power grid not to work anymore. There's always going to be backups. There's going to be other people's houses that is going to back up your house, so forth and so on, right? And all that extra solar wind power goes back into the grid and hopefully back into batteries or or some storage facility that the power company has, or it goes out to other people who are using your power, right? So if we did that, 
that's a positive. Everybody is so up in arms about how we're not going to use gas or oil anymore. We're going to EV and we're going to... No, this is a positive thing, people. If we don't have to use oil from another country, if we don't have to use um, gas from another country, that eliminates us being beholding to those countries. And we're talking countries that have a misogynistic patriarchal societies and human rights issues and all that bad stuff. You know, we could say, listen, we're not going to put up with you anymore because we don't need you anymore. We don't need you for oil. We don't need you. And, uh, you know, we, we, you're not going to benefit from us. Of course, there's a flip side that they're not going to get money from us anymore. So, but we could come together as countries, uh, as, as they're doing in the NATO, with NATO against Russia and China and other countries, um, NATO's coming together, you know, all these countries. And the more countries we get in NATO, the more uh, we're going to have a stance against bigger countries like Russia and China and India, right? So, um, so that's one thing. The other thing is healthcare. If everybody had healthcare, we're talking housing, healthcare, food, water. If everybody had those basic necessities. If that was provided by the government and everyone says, oh, socialist. No, this is just making sure that everyone is basically covered on those things. And then everybody's house or apartment or wherever they live is government, you know, covered to be fixed up, made sure it keeps, stays at tip top shape. Imagine the difference that would make in this country, right? If that was just part of the government, that made sure everybody was housed, everybody was fed, everybody has water, um, and everybody has heat, air conditioning. Just the basics. If everybody has that, then there's going to be a lot less crime. There's going to be a lot less disease. There's going to be a lot less um, death, (laughs) really. If we educate people about health, and finance and you know have more sex education for kids there's going to be less babies born there's going to be less um uh, abortions had etc etc there's so much we could do to just if we just helped each other so if these constituents that you are voting for are not looking at the poorest of the poor and helping them they're not doing their job they're not doing their job because when somebody gets a permanent home where they're safe and they have water, heat, air, you know, uh, they have food, then they no longer have to worry about where the next meal is coming from, etc., etc. They're going to go out and they're going to do the things like I, you know, I know people who would do any job just so they know that they are comfortable and they don't have to worry. The problem is, is that we have a system where the constituents reward the very, very wealthy and give them even more money and even more power, which, you know, once you get so much money, you just want more power, right? And that's what the allure is for the really wealthy is to get more and more money so they have more and more power. But if we stopped doing that and we really started helping everyone in this country, And I know a lot of people get upset because they want to be the best. They want to be the wealthiest. They want to be the Jones that everybody's trying to keep up with. Those are the people who are keeping this from happening. 
it's always the wealthy or the, or, or the, you know, semi-wealthy that are always pitching a fit about not helping everybody and how everybody should pull themselves up by their own bootstraps because they don't want to be equal. They want to be above all of you. They want to have power. They want to be able to look down on all of the people that are not as wealthy as they are. So the people that you hear complaining the most about that are just some sort of sociopathic, psychopathic people who don't care about anyone else but themselves. And they only care about the standing that they have on the face of the planet as being above all of you so that they can look down on you. Those are the kinds of people that say those sort of things, that say that they don't want to help people to become, you know, have better lives. If everyone was covered with all that and had health care, see, that's why, you know, you are, people are always saying Democrats are socialistic, they're trying to push. No, what they're trying to push is if everyone's covered by food, water, heat, air, health care, you know, they, all the basic needs are taken care of. If we have solar, wind, EV cars, no more pollution. If all of that's taken care of, crime goes down. They've proven this in research after research after research. When they've governments have brought in programs that took care of all these issues, crime goes way down because people don't need to steal because they're getting everything they need so they don't need to hurt somebody else or get desperate enough to go into a store and steal something. They're being taken care of so crime goes way, way down. And you know who benefits from crime going up? Again, the wealthy. The wealthy benefit from that. Why? Here's why. Because the prison system is just the new slavery. And a lot of people, oh, I don't want to hear that. It's true. I know people who have gone to prison just for a few years for not major offenses, right? And that's what they discovered, that being in prison, they try to keep... I know people who were kept a year to five years longer than they should have been because they wanted to benefit from the knowledge of a person, that person that was in their prison for free. They wanted to use them for free. Uh, it was a mechanic who did both car and diesel. They kept him in prison longer. I think it was three to five years longer than he was supposed to be. And when he got out, he was told that he was kept too long because they wanted to benefit from his knowledge. He was saving them tons of money that they didn't have to go out and get a mechanic or a diesel mechanic to take care of. I think they had like a, a farm and they had other things that went on at this um, this prison, but they were using him and got five more years of work out of him stuck in a prison. I think it was a minimum security prison to use him for his, 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 uh, knowledge and his talents that were saving them all kinds of money. That's what the prison system is. That's just one person. I know several people who've talked about, you know, how they were kept in facilities and, and here we are finding people that were totally innocent are coming, they're coming forward and finding out that these people were put in jail for 25, 35 years that were totally innocent, white and black people, just because they were poor and couldn't have, uh, afford a defense and, or wrongly accused and the police or the government system knew what they were doing. They just needed to fill up their prisons so they had free slaves. 
And these people are coming out of prison that have been used for their knowledge, used for their strength, used as slaves, really. So that's who benefits from the prison system. All of the really wealthy people who don't want to pay you and me a decent salary to do a job, they're going into prison systems and having people do the work there. I mean, it's crazy. It's nuts, but it is happening. And that's why this country has more prisons than any country on the face of the planet. Now, come on, there is far more crime in so many other countries, yet we have more prisons than any other country. What does that tell you? This is headed by wealthy people who are making money from the prison systems for free labor and slavery. That's really what it is. So that's another angle to getting people, you know, from keeping people from being able to get out of prison for a minor offense or whatever. So wealthy people are, are manipulating this system left and right. Now, a lot of people may disagree, but there's just too much, too much proof about this to not see it. And wealthy people want us, the people out here to become desperate so that we'll take as little of a salary and least of benefits that is possible at every job we have. So I, you know, I've noticed over the years from when I was in college, well, high school, college to now, my parents grew up in a system where healthcare was provided. There was no question. Either you got it from work or the government covered it, right? Either way. And most times, the people who owned the companies were required to have that health insurance, right? And then they had unions that stepped in and made sure it was a really, really good policy, right? They had retirement. They had um, severance packages when they left work, the places that they worked at. The reason that our parents lived so much better and had so much better benefits, and I mean, my, my parents were taken care of until the day they died, is because... There was a system put into place, unions, the government, the work system, to take care of the everyday person. And that was started in part by FDR, and I can't remember, there's a woman that worked with him to get all these programs in. She was really, uh, this woman was really the uh, catalyst to get it, get them put in, and then he, he helped her with his presidency to get those uh, policies enacted. But... That's why so many people were taken care of, because they went through the Depression, they went through the wars, and they wanted to make sure everybody was taken care of. Because people were, you know, just glad that they lived through all that, right? And once everybody got out of that, you know, the government took care of everyone because, you know, they were happy to be alive, I would think, you know? But those programs, Social Security... You know, the road, you know, the um, uh, government taking care of our roads, highways, um, all of the government assisted programs, uh, free education from, you know, daycare all the way up to 12th grade. Those are all government programs that were started in that, that era, right? And they've benefited us all. You know, uh, we used to be the highest educated country on the planet until other countries saw what that free education did for our country. So then they started enacting the same thing along 
the lines in their countries to educate their people because they realize the more educated their citizens are, the better their country is, the more competitive they are on the world stage. So all of this theatrics that are going on in in Washington today and goes on, you know, every time the debt ceiling, you know, they're not going to let that debt ceiling not get raised. Come on. You know, that isn't going to happen. And even if they do do that and they let the president enact raising the debt ceiling, it's still going to get raised and we are going to pay our bills and they can blame the president all they want. But Really, what that's going to be is him being responsible, being a responsible president who didn't want to cut the programs to the poor, the homeless, the hungry, the senior citizens, the people who uh, are handicapped, all of those people who are struggling in our country that we as American citizens should take care of. I'm sorry, maybe other people disagree with that, but I think when people are weaker or struggling or having issues We should take care of them. We shouldn't be throwing them out onto the street to struggle and die, which is basically what happens. Is that who we are? Is that who we are as Americans? Do we put people out on the street so that they can die? Is that what we do? Because I have heard stories of people who go into hospitals to get taken care of, and then they're walked outside and left when they don't have a ride, they don't have anywhere to go, they don't have a secondary facility because they don't have health insurance. They will leave them on the sidewalk, standing there either in their robe or in their street clothes that they came in on with, sometimes, you know, not totally healed because they don't have the insurance to cover what it takes to be in that hospital. It's crazy, and that's another branch that is going out of hand, and the control has been taken over by big corporations, hospitals, and the medical care system, pharmacies, etc. And that's another thing that the Democrats are trying to fight for. They're trying to bring that control away from those big corporations so that people don't get left out in the cold like these people who, you know, really left out in the cold. There was one woman in New York City that the hospital put outside and she died from freezing to death. I mean, what is that? They treated her, she was healthy, and they put her outside and she froze to death. I mean, what is going on in this country that we're not taking care of each other? So if your constituents, the people that you voted for, are voting against these programs that take care of people who are down on their luck, who are poor, who are, and don't make judgments about those people. Well, they just need to get a job. They may, they may be um, not able to get a job for some physical reason. They may have injuries that they need to take, get taken care of, and medical insurance won't cover it. <laughs> they may have broken their leg or, or done something to uh, a part of their body or have some sort of back issue that they can't even stand up. Medical insurance won't cover it on Medicaid, And so it's like a vicious cycle for them, you know, and they're stuck in this vicious cycle that they can't get out of because all of you who are against helping them, put them there. What we could do is help that person get that medical thing taken care of, and then they're back on their feet and they're able to go get a job. What we could do is take those homeless people and put them in housing. Then they have a place where they can go home to, take a shower, get food, 
being taken care of. And then they get a job and they stay in that job every single day because they're taken care of. And don't take it away from them as soon as they make get some piddly paying job. No, we need to keep people on a certain standard. You know, if they're not getting paid enough, we need to keep them on a standard. And a lot of times they take away uh, food assistance, medical assistance, all that when people can't afford it. They're getting, they're making, you know, $10 an hour and they take all of it away. That's not what should be done. Like if you only, I think the thing is, if you make a certain amount of money each month, they take it all the way. Well, that's not how it should work. We should keep taking care of those people. They are working. They are paying taxes. They're just not being paid enough by the company who hired them. They're providing a service. So what they should be doing is taking the tax money back from the person who isn't paying them enough. They should raise their taxes. They should say, oh, well, you can't pay $15 an hour or $25 an hour, whatever they, you need to pay in whatever state you're in to be a livable wage. If you can't pay that, well, then you're going to get it taken out of your taxes. You're going to pay the government because we're paying for what you're not paying for, like Walmart and Amazon does. I don't know. It's just my opinion. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of times Amazon will only pay people so much or Walmart will only pay people so much so that they don't make enough. So they have to go to file for assistance. So they're, wor- they're, they're working poor, basically. So they only pay them enough so they, they can still qualify for food assistance or Medicaid or whatever or, you know, childcare, whatever that's, they will only pay them enough and they will cut their hours or whatever to keep them from making more. Because then if they gave them full-time hours and actually paid them a decent salary, then Walmart, Amazon, all these big corporations, they would have to pay their health insurance. They would have to pay their retirement. They would have to give them enough money to pay for, for childcare they would have to pay them enough money salary wise to pay for all the other things that get covered by government assistance. So that's why the government should turn around and say, Oh, you don't want to pay for this stuff for your employees. Well, now we're taking that money back. We're taking back what you didn't pay for every employee. They should add up what all that extra assistance costs And then they should take it right back from Walmart and say, until you start covering your employees and fully covering them, not just giving them some uh, bogus medical coverage that doesn't really take care of them, until you start paying for maybe Medicaid, until you're going to pay for Medicaid. We're going to take it from you, from your taxes at the end of the year. We're going to get our money back until you start providing a insurance plan that is 100% coverage for all your employees so that they can go to the doctor, go to the hospital, they can get anything they need done as long as they're working with you until they are, you know, through whatever crisis they, health crisis that they go through. That's what your government officials should be doing. They should be putting pressure on these big corporations, on these wealthy people and saying, well, if you're not going to do what you're supposed to do for the citizens of this country, then we're taking the money back from you out of your taxes. <laughs> That's simple. And that is what the Democrats are trying to uh, uh, officiate in the wealth tax uh, or making the, the rich pay more money. 
And everybody's getting all up in arms about it. Why would you be up in arms about really wealthy people who will never spend the money that they have in one, two, or three lifetimes? All that money is going to go to their future um, relatives or heirs or whatever. And then those same people are going to keep doing the same thing, the same horrible things that they've been doing to the people in this country for years and years and years. So people just kind of need to open their eyes and understand that Republicans are, that's what they're enacting. They're allowing this almost monarchy of wealthy people. And that's really what it is. It's like a monarchy of wealthy people. Because remember, it wasn't just a king and a queen in the monarchy. There were lords, there were ladies, and there were different levels of the monarchy that people stayed in the monarchy and stayed in that wealthy state over everyone else while the rest of the country suffered in poverty. It's no different than what's happening right now. I think they call it an autocratic system. And you are dealing with us becoming an autocratic system if we allow this to continue. We will no longer be the democracy that we all hold dear where everyone is equal, where everyone gets a chance. You know, even the people who have worked their way up in this country, they've had to compromise. And sometimes when those people who were very poor get up into the upper echelons of wealth, look what happens to them. We got the Jeff Bezos. We got the Elon Musk. We've got, we've got different people who they come from nowhere and then they become wealthy and then they get this nasty attitude and they start acting like all the other wealthy people because you know hey that's what everybody's done in the past so that's what we're gonna do sort of like back in uh the day when women were didn't own property didn't own anything and the women who came before them was like would be like well that's what i had to do i had to marry somebody that i didn't love so that's what you're gonna do too Because they suffered it, they think that everyone should suffer because nobody's going to get to be happy if I didn't get to be happy, right? Same thing when people grow from being from nowhere to wealth. Well, you know, I I didn't get to be happy, so now all these people are going to be poor and unhappy because now I'm rich. I'm in the position of the rich person. You know, it makes absolutely no sense why people want others to suffer because they suffered at one time. So it's almost like I suffered. So I'm going to get even with thousands to millions of people and make them all suffer. What is wrong with everyone? We should help each other. We shouldn't be trying to make people unhappy. And you know, you're going to have your few and I'm telling you, it's only a few. You are going to have your few that abuse the system. But who is really abusing the system of assistance? It's the wealthy who are abusing the system of assistance. The company owners who are abusing the system of government assistance. It is not by far even the people who need the help. I was watching the other day and I I shared it. It's a video of a guy who uh, is living on the streets. He has tried and tried and tried to get a job, to get a job, to get a job. Um, He was in a relationship. That relationship ended. The person apparently took everything and ran out the door. 
somehow figured out how to kick him out out of where he lived. He couldn't afford to live there anymore. But they took everything, all the money out of the house, everything in a relationship he was in. That left him homeless, without any money, without anything. And he continually was working. He kept trying to work, kept trying to work, but he was homeless. He didn't have any really, you know, and what happens in that situation is a lot of relatives will run to the hills. They won't help you because they think it's your fault that you're homeless, your fault that you lost everything, whatever. But it really is, they just don't want to take you in because they don't want to assume the responsibility of you. And they don't want to have to put out any money to help somebody else. People are selfish to the hilt. That's what we've created here in America. We don't help each other, right? That's why people are getting so upset about uh, uh, food assistance and medical assistance and all of this assistance because they don't want to help anybody else. I didn't get help. Why should they get help? Well, you may have been born into privilege. You may be white. You may have money. You may have had opportunities because of the color of your skin or because you're a man or whatever that other people didn't have because Unfortunately, there's prejudice, racism, sexism in this, in every society. So you may have had the opportunities that other people didn't have. So now we're dealing with this guy who has worked and worked and worked. And at the time that they talked to him on the street, it's, it's a, um, it's a, it's a guy that does Facebook and YouTube and everything. And he talks to homeless people because he's trying to help solve homelessness, right? And he's been doing this for a few years now. And um, he's talking to this guy and everything this guy, he's very intelligent. Um, He wants to work, but he doesn't have a place to live. He doesn't have a place that he's sleeping outside. He's dealing with danger. And this is a hardworking, not really old, not unattractive man, right? And even as him being homeless, he has somehow found a way he was clean he looked like his clothes were clean. Maybe he had found a place where he could get a shower. You know, there are associations that uh, will let people take showers and wash their clothes because they need to get to interviews. But there are other problems that homeless people deal with is they don't have an address. So a lot of times they can't get their birth certificates. They won't print their birth certificate out for them because they don't have an address. You need to have an address for us to give you the printout of your birth certificate. Um, all of this stuff starts coming up, right? because they don't have an address. I was surprised at how much uh, people won't even interview people if they don't have an address, right? Here's this person who's homeless, who needs a job and wants to get back on their feet. And what he's being told when he goes down to the offices in order to get even just a, you know, a small place to live or be put into a homeless shelter is that he has to have a job first. I mean, what a vicious cycle. He does, he's out of work. He can't get into a homeless facility or some sort of housing until he has a job. Well, if he doesn't have a job, then he doesn't have a place to wash his clothes. He doesn't have a place to take a shower. He doesn't have a place to store food if he buys it. That was another point that he brought up. He said, I do have food assistant, but I don't have a refrigerator. I'm homeless. So you have to buy the really um, saturated with fat and salt and you have to buy the kind of stuff that preserves when you're not, when you don't have a refrigerator and you have to go shopping every single day and those, that kind of food 
that is made to last is not good for you, number one. It's not, you know, you're not going to be able to get vegetables and things like that. It's not good for you for number one. Number two, um, it costs more to have stuff that has preservatives in it, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just not sustainable. So this poor guy, all he needs is a place to lay his head that has a refrigerator and has a shower and has a washer and dryer where he can wash his clothes and he can can continue to go to job interviews until he can find a job. And then all of you keep telling to all these homeless people, get a job. Well, how can they get a job when they don't have a place to live, to take a shower, to wash their clothes, to put food in the refrigerator? They're eating crappy food, which makes them sick. And I can tell you that uh, I've watched uh, medical things about this. And when people don't eat right and they're not eating enough and they're on stress all the time and they're not getting enough water, whatever, their joints start to seize up, their stomachs start to bloat. You know, people make fun of people who are on assistance because they have big bellies or they're, they're overweight. That's what happens. Your body shuts down. It goes into starvation mode and you gain weight. You gain weight because your body holds on to everything that you put in it. And at a certain point, it's even holding on to your um, um, poo. It's holding on to your pee and your poo. That's, 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 the, that's the best way I can put it. Because it's, re, it's actually holding all of that nutrients inside your body to try to drain as much nutrients out. So you can't go to the bathroom. Because your body won't let go. Because you don't have enough food. Or you're not eating the right kinds of food. And then that causes more aches and pains in your body. And makes it hard to walk. It makes it hard to move. It makes it hard to get up. So these people are in this vicious cycle. They're gaining weight. They look like they're just fat and lazy. But really, what they are is starving. They are starving. And this is the assumption that people make about people. Now, if you see someone who is wealthy, has money, and they're overweight... They're not starving. They're eating too much. (laughs) They're not taking care of themselves. They can afford to eat. But if you see someone who's on assistance, who's a single mom, who's struggling, and she's overweight, it's because of stress. It's because she's not getting enough um, food, probably in food assistance. So she's feeding her children and not eating herself. She's putting on weight because her body is retaining the nutrients that she needs. And then it makes it worse. Then she can't walk. She may not be able to move. I mean, it's horrible what people don't know and people don't understand. When people are in assistance. And these are, I like, I, I used to be like all of you idiots. I used to be like that. I used to judge people. Get a job. Why can't you find a job? But I was young. I was cheap to hire. And that's another thing. They hire young people because it's cheaper to hire young people. Young people who are trying to get their foot in the door, who won't take health insurance, who won't look for uh, retirement benefits, who won't look for all of the extras. They're just trying to get their foot in the door. That's why you see so many internships, like unpaid internships or paid internships that pay hardly anything. They work those kids up to 32 hours a week, which that's still considered part-time. It used to be 20 hours a week was part-time. Nope. 32 hours a week is considered part-time. Back in my day, anything over 20, if it went to 21 hours, you were full-time. Now, 
Somehow, these government officials who are not working for us once again have changed the laws so that full-time, part-time is up to 32 hours. That's only one day short of full-time. One day short. So they can work these kids Monday to Thursday, you know, and then they've also changed the laws where you can't take a 15-minute break every, um, every four hours. They've changed that too. I didn't know that. I found that out. You're no longer allowed to take a 15-minute break. They don't have to give it to you. Companies do give it to their employees because they know that they need that 15-minute break. Those are the companies that actually care about their people. And you're also supposed to get an hour lunch for every eight hours that you work. There's a lot of companies that aren't doing that either. They're only giving 30 minutes. So they're not giving a break. These people can't even go to the bathroom. They're not even allowed to run to the bathroom. And if they do, they give them a hard time about the fact that they went to the bathroom. Amazon's a big one for that. They talked about how the people who work in these factories at Amazon can't even make it from one side of the, the warehouse to the bathroom and back in, in the few minutes that they give them to take a bathroom break. So a lot of them started wearing diapers so that they could be in their diaper and not have to lose time on the clock or have their pay docked because they went to the bathroom. I mean, it's crazy. And so a lot of these people are, you know, a lot of these companies are using young interns out of college. You know, college is a big thing. Everybody gets to college. Well, then they're abusing these kids when they come out of college and working them up to 32 hours a week and not paying them the benefits that they deserve. So then they're not paying them enough money so they can't afford health insurance. (laughs) They can barely afford to live and they can barely afford food. But because they were working 32 hours a week and making over a certain amount, then the government won't help them with food assistance, won't help them with Medicaid, won't help them with any kind of assistance that they might need, right? Housing assistance, you know, to help them pay a little bit of the housing. So here are these kids coming out of college, hopeful, and they're being abused, they're being used, and then they're struggling. And then we wonder why kids are going off and shooting people up in malls and squares and whatever. You know, we are not taking care of each other. And my thing is, you know, I I listened to a few of the representatives today who were listing all of the wrongs and rights, but all of the wrongs of why this debt ceiling is being held at where it's at. And one of them was that the Republicans have risen the debt ceiling in the past to pay for all their crazy things that they were doing for the wealthy, all of the tax cuts that they gave to the wealthy, all of the programs that they, money that they gave to the wealthy. So now they want a democratic president to pay for it. They want the democratic president to cut all the programs to the American citizens that are helping them from food assistance to Medicaid to, you know, assistance for, you know, people who are older to, to people who are handicapped, et cetera, et cetera. They want all those programs cut so that they can pay their wealthy benefactors that got them into office. Let's just be honest about it. So they want to give tax breaks and money to the wealthy, these wealthy corporations, to these wealthy people, rather than keep the help there for the everyday, like 98% of the country, 
basically, is what it's there for, right? So that really opened my eyes today. You know, if we just took care of each other, if they just provided, like I said at the beginning, housing, food, water, electric, you know, all of those things that we need, put solar panels on, windmills on, all those things, take care of everyone's house. In Norway, I, I talked to a lady over there, their houses are taken care of. Their houses are upkept, they're painted, the, the, the foundations, everything is maintained by the government. Um, their cars are maintained by the government. Roads, everything are maintained, yes. But even their cars are maintained by the government. Their daycare is maintained by the government. Paid. All this is paid. Um, they're, when they take leave from work, uh, they both male and female get to stay home with their babies, etc., etc. All that's paid by the government. Do you hear any mass shootings in Norway? Do you hear about any people in Norway who are homeless or hungry or dying? No, you don't. Because they take care of everyone. Uh, I think it was Sweden, Denmark, Norway, all these countries have found that if they just house everybody and take care of everybody, even people who are drug addicts, even people who are struggling with uh, physical problems, etc., etc., if they just house them, they notice a decrease that these people, even drug addicts, will get the help that they need because they're required. They're required to go to counseling. They're required to go to meetings. They're required to take care of their addiction if they're going to stay in the house. And they do it. They do it. So why aren't we doing that here? We need to look at these other countries who you think are socialist countries and look at their programs and see that they're working. They're working and they're people. And that's why they're one of the happiest countries on the planet. I think Finland was voted as the happiest country on the planet. They're doing all those programs there. And that's why. No crime. People are happy. No one's homeless. No one's hungry. Think about it. Our government officials need to start doing that. Think about who you're voting for. Call your representative. Make it change. Diva Celebration. Till the next time. <laughs>